Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. This is your host, Angela O'Mara. Today we have a great um, interview for you um, with Paul Edwards, CEO and co-founder of CEDR HR Solutions. CEDR HR Solutions is a company that provides individualized, customized employee handbooks and, and human resource supports to many healthcare offices across the United States. Today we're going to talk about how aesthetic physicians are using this um, to really help them manage and build a much better practice and a much better business. Paul, welcome to Aesthetic Insider. It's an honor to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, Paul, you know, before we kind of get started into, you know, all the nuts and bolts of CEDR, I'd love, you know, for our, our listeners to learn more about you and kind of, you know, your background, you know, within the healthcare industry and what you were doing, you know, prior to um, co-founding CEDR HR Solutions. Okay, so we co-founded back in the uh, mid-2000s. I'll get into who I co-founded it with here in a little bit. I was actually not in the healthcare industry. I was in the entertainment industry. Oh, Yeah, and the previous 16 years before, you know, we co-founded this company together and created Cedar, I had several interrelated businesses that were – well, object, they were live music venues, and they. I also had an artist management company, and ultimately, um, I had about 50 employees spread out across all of those businesses. Um, so, really, my experience prior to creating Cedar uh, was that I was just like many of the independent uh, medical practices that we serve now, and, the, and those people who are listening today, as I was an employer. Um, all I knew was I had employees, I had problems, and I needed to figure out solutions for them. And so, <laughs> frankly, it, it was very challenging. And I and I know I, the entire time I was doing it, I always wondered why one day everything was great and the next day not so great when it came to employees. And, um, you know, a lot of it was trial by fire. You figure things out as you go along. You make mistakes and, and – uh, and uh, and you have successes, and so for a long time I had had the HR conversation running in the back of my head because I had to. I had employees. Well, you know what I find actually fascinating is is just you know that like you coming from the entertainment industry and having a company where you had over fifty employees. I I would imagine you you probably even have had situations of, and gone through situations that are similar to staffing issues in in a medical practice um you know i know my, myself i've been in this aesthetic industry for 28 years now and um i've just seen so much change in the way doctors were running their practices 28 years ago and it's it seems within the last few years that they are really seeing that they they're running a business unlike any other business employees for good and bad, a part of the package. And if you don't know and understand all of the issues facing you, it can be have a terrible impact on on the practice. Uh, would you agree? I, I would. I would actually say that um, you know they they don't teach anybody this in medical school. They don't tell you that you're going to become an employer for the next thirty years. They don't. 
they don't relay to you how this works. Most uh, doctors come out of uh, school and don't even know what the Department of Labor does, how it affects them. They don't know about state and federal law. Um, in places like California, they don't know that the break, what the break rules are, how they're applied, or they have misunderstandings around those things. So, it, look, it, it, all practices are different. So we, we work with different practices, and they and they they have different challenges because of what the practices do and specialize in. But all of us, including myself, even back years and years ago when I was first getting started, we all share some common issues that are uh, really addressed by state and federal law. And uh, and I think the thing that was really different that's really changed over the last 28 years is, and I'll just be frank, uh, an employee's ability to Google whether or not they are being treated properly underneath the law. And so 28 years ago, an employee really didn't have access to that sort of information. And, you know, I've never met a doctor that would intentionally break a law, but I have met thousands of doctors who are unintentionally not following the letter of a statute or a law, and many of them find themselves in trouble over that. So employees are more well-informed. We were uh, doing a big CE, I don't know, it was about six, eight months ago. We were in, um, I believe it was in San Francisco. We got off the, uh, maybe it was in LA, but we got off one of the trains and the entire wall for, 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 for about 500 feet had an advertisement every 15 feet. And it said, it was to your employees saying, uh, are you bummed out about working where you work? Are you being paid properly? Are you getting your breaks? Are you?" And it went down a list of ways that California employers can get in trouble. And mm-hmm. so there's, it's a different world out there now, um, you know, 28 years later. And that's a world that we were formed to address. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, it's just... There's a, there's a lot of information, and I, and I do think, you know, for many of, of the doctors even that we work with, is that, that, like you said, they're not aware of things that can become a problem, um, and they're not doing anything intentionally. And until it becomes a problem, they don't even think about it. And then who do they turn to? <laughs> How do they deal well, with yeah. it? You know, and the Labor Board is, is, as I know, in California, is definitely never on the employer side, you know, it's, it's always on the employee <laughs> side of things, and so that does make it very challenging. Angela, I want to just address that for a second, for, for uh, say, for California employers, but, but really every, everywhere. If you've got the proper policies in place, you're communicating to them that I do understand how this should be done, and I have been trying to do it that way. Whereas when you have the improper policy in place or no policy in place at all, then that's when you are basically saying, um, here's how I break the law in my own words. <laughs> here's yeah. how I don't comply with a statute yeah. that says everybody has to get a, 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 a half-hour break after a certain number of hours in California. So you can flip them to your side uh, to a certain degree uh, by being proactive and you know, doing what we do, uh, but you're, you're right, it's, um, it's really hard to understand what those are and comply with them, and you don't usually know it that you're out of compliance until it's too late. Somebody's put a letter in front of you. Yeah, and and I would say when you say, you know, that either they have not clear policy, um, it's, it's, again, in many of the practices that I have consulted with, is it's more that there are no policy, <laughs> policies. And 
they don't even you know many right. of them don't even know where to start with the policy so so back to cedar and you know when you mm-hmm. you started the company i mean what was it that kind of you know made you kind of move over into this this realm if you will well, when I sold my businesses back east, I, I made my way uh, west because I'd always wanted to move back to Colorado. And I stopped off in Colorado and kept working within the music industry in a uh, digital download uh, organization, a company that does much what, like what iTunes does. Um, and after a couple of years there, I, I kept moving the, uh, this way. So we're in Arizona. Uh, we work in all 50 states, by the way. Um, but I got here, and I got offered a job as an analyst, as an asset protection analyst with a law firm. And uh, my job was to get on the phone and take uh, what, what were all doctors. This, this law firm still exists, and it's, it has primary clients are doctors, um, and so my job was to look at their makeup of how they're holding their assets, their savings, their buildings, their investments, to look at everything and then to explain to them how they could best structure those uh, those those different uh, pieces of the puzzle so that it would best protect the uh, practice, the doctor's own personal wealth, and and that was my role. So I was in this protective conversation, which is – there's some proactive planning you can do, and if you do it, uh, it will make it much more difficult to sue you or, or win a frivolous lawsuit against you. And that also led to uh, another, uh, basically a product that the practice would, was providing or the, the, the law practice was providing to all of its uh, clients, which was something called an alternative dispute resolution procedure. And that was a three- or four-page document which forced employees into a process where they had to tell you there was a problem before they could sue you. So they had to actually give you an opportunity to address what the issue was. And it was seen as a, as a huge win at, at the Supreme Court in 2001 when they said that employers could do this. And so the practice moved in and, and built that, and, and all of their clients had employees. And uh, it was a big hit, and it was actually very, very effective at preventing frivolous lawsuits. And um, that led the clients to think that the law firm, that they were experts in employment law, which they were not. They were just uh, experts in this one single area. And they began to ask questions of the practice, of the law practice, about different things about employees and the practice couldn't answer the questions wouldn't answer the questions because they didn't have the expertise that they needed and so out of that came cedar um and i i had left the practice and was going to uh had other plans and i was going to move on i'd been there for a couple of years and the uh the uh, uh founder and owner of the law practice came to me and said i've got this idea and, and we were looking kind of in a related area around HR, and that's how Cedar first got formed. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know that's kind of a convoluted conversation, to, you know, how we get there, but, uh, you know, kind of a long path to get there. But that's how we came about. It's uh, It was literally a need popped up, and a doctor said one day, what do you know about HR, and can you help me with some policies? And that triggered a uh, about a year and a half long of – intense study and training and and gathering of resources before we ever really, you know, put up the cedar uh, sign and said, hey, we're open for business. 
we're a real we're a real company helping real doctors <laughs> with their yes, human resources. Yeah. But yep, well, you kind exactly. of, and I, I, again, I think, you know, many people, when you use like a term such as a human resources, you always think of like great big corporations who need a human resource director to manage all of their employees. And, and again, on a smaller, a smaller level, you know, you, I think many, many physicians, you know, don't realize that there is a need for this. And so, you know, I'd like to learn a little bit more about how, you know, CEDAR actually works with within the practice and the types of issues you see are the types of solutions you can provide. Okay, so there's generally, when you look at that, and you're right, everybody hears HR and they think, oh, good Lord, it's this big uh, uh, HR, you know, big deal thing that you have to deal with, and you think of an HR department, say, at a a university or a hospital or, you know, something like that. Um, But HR applies to all of us, and, you know, we call it human resources. Uh, The reason the word human is in that is because those are the people that we work with. Those are the humans that we work with. So all of our practices, and, and, and by the way, what we noticed was during the meltdown, that they were continuing to graduate uh, attorneys from law school, but there was nothing for them to do. And so it didn't take long for lawyers to figure out that independent uh, medical practices of all sorts had the money to pay. And when I say had the money to pay, I mean uh, lawyers don't sue people who don't have money. They just don't bring lawsuits that way. And and so you see the word doctor in front of a uh, in front of the employer's name, and that's a that's immediately gets their attention. And the next thing is is that there are so many uh, uh, federal and state laws that you can almost bet that in some significant way that that doctor is uh, making a, uh, making some kind of error in the way they're doing what they're doing. And and I'm not talking about drilling deep, deep, deep down and finding some unknown law that nobody really knows about. Um, I'm talking about in very obvious ways around things like overtime, around policies that say that you can't uh, talk about your salaries, which is an incredibly illegal policy and a gift to any attorney uh, who finds it in your handbook. If you have a dispute about anything with an employee and your handbook ends up there. So back to your question, the, all small businesses and the medical practices are no different other than they're a bigger, easier target, um, uh, need two things. They need to comply with the letter of the law to the best of their ability. They need to be informed of what it is, and then they need to comply with it, and they need to have uh, generally someone to explain it to them and to kind of look at what they're doing and say, no, you've got to adjust in this way, or you've got it, great, don't change a thing. And then on the other side of that, there's the ongoing issues. And so everybody knows that you know, employees are employees. Human beings are human beings, and people change. And they, and and you know, you're always trying to figure out how can I have a great team. And then you realize you hired a bad apple because you needed somebody in some position, and you didn't have time to interview enough. And now they're in there, and they're making a mess inside of your practice. And now, you know, where there was no strife, there's you, you're beginning to dread going into work because of all the drama that's going on. Or um, you know, any number of things can come up. So we provide a system that first gets you aligned because we're going to create or what we do and what anyone should do who does a handbook for you is they should be the expert and they should create it for you and they should create it for the number of employees you have and for your municipality and for your state rules and, and also it should be in compliance with federal rules. So any any you know policy 
um, Angela, that says, well, when it comes to pregnancy or maternity leave, we comply with the law. Well, my question is always to the doctor, well, what is the law? And, and, and I mean, no, no, no one can answer that question because that's not what they do. And so policies should be well-written, clear. They should empower the employer. They should communicate to the employee, hey, here's what's up here. Here we have this policy with regards to taking time off from maternity leave. Or here we have this policy that says that if you're working here and an associate of mine is mistreating you or, or you don't feel comfortable around him, you have a duty to come to me and let me know so that I can deal with that. And it's okay if you do that. And I won't retaliate against you. And all these things are things that are are sort of built-in uh, safety uh, uh, safety nets that can actually protect the practice. So that's what we do. We provide the book, and then we provide the support ongoing, and, and, and we do a lot. I mean, a lot of problems aren't problems until you make them a problem. Like, Angela, oh, I mean, absolutely. I get this one every now and I, I get this one. I have this employee. I really was thinking about letting her go. We've been so busy. We're shorthanded. She's only been here for two months, and now she's just walked to my office, and, and I was about to tell her that I'm going to let her go, and she's told me she's pregnant. I, I just want to get rid of her. Or yeah. someone that was on maternity leave, she wasn't great. When she went on maternity leave, I hired her temporary replacement, and I love the replacement. Can I just not bring her back? And these are all difficult things to deal with, and we have the answers to those things. We can address and say, no, that's not the way you can. You have to handle this. There's a different way, um, you know. And then there's the simple things of, of you know, someone's hurt themselves on the job. What, what am I supposed to do now? Or there's money missing. Or there's you know any number of problems, and we have a team of experts who are here to provide close in, pretty much concierge support. I mean, if something needs to be written up, we're going to do it, not them. And that's the model. That's that HR person that they've been thinking that they can't afford. Like, why would I add someone who'd be a seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollar employee to my small practice to do this? And we agree. So we created the remote model. So we're here on demand. And uh, that's that's the model. That's what you that's what you need. Or you can use that in a really great manager in your practice and get them get them educated and they've always got backup and they understand uh, I guess they understand how to protect you better if you're the you know if you're the owner. Yeah. And then you know you mentioned earlier about how you know you would previously worked for the firm and the unemployment lawyers were not that were not there. I mean you were dealing with issues. So now that you you have a whole legal department within within CEDAW and I assume that oh, it's all yes. you know expert employment law lawyers um, can you explain a bit more about that just so our listeners do understand that you know they they really are getting you know true expert expertise yes. in helping them solve these issues well we we call we call them um, we, we convert them they're they they have uh, they are attorneys. We have one exception on our team right now. We have a group of eight that are here, and we have a sort of a member's model where you, you have support on a monthly basis, and it's unlimited. And so the number of members we have kind of dictates how many experts we need to have on the team. So we're constantly growing, so that means that team's constantly growing. They are attorneys, and what we've done is we've turned them into problem solvers. 
And so what you're getting is a problem solver who understands the law which surrounds the issue that you're having. So when you call in with an issue, there's almost always a set of questions that need to be asked. For example, in California now, because of the new paid time off leave uh, uh, law, if an employee has taken uh, advantage of that law, and, and I mean they've taken a day off in the last 30 days, and you fire them within that window, it is um, it is assumed that you that it was retaliation for taking that time off. And I know that sounds crazy, but there's a counter to that. You can get rid of that assumption if you have been diligently in a reasonable way documenting the issues that you actually let them go for. And so no documentation. You walk in one day and you or your manager are frustrated and you let someone go, you get hit. Uh, you can get hit with that kind of law in the background. So there's, you know, yeah, Angela, there's, there's, just, there's, a, a lot there's of, just a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. You know, we have just under ten minutes, uh, nine minutes left on okay. the show here, and so I do want to get into, you know, some of the things again that I have I've seen, and you know, is is obviously having clear written policies can can help avoid problems. Um, yeah. What happens when medical practices, you know, either use an employee manual that they've created themselves or even copied from another medical practice? I mean, you know, these doctors are friends and they, hey, I've got an employee manual. I've never had a problem. You can use mine. What's your advice right. there? Um, that's, you know, you hit it right on, the, right on the head there. I've never had a problem. You can use mine. Um, that's kind of like saying I've... Um, I'm getting ready to start mountain climbing, and I need some I need some uh, I need some equipment. And and your buddy's saying, well, I don't climb mountains, and someone gave me some equipment like five or ten years ago. I don't know how good it is, but here, take it, go use it. I, I'm and I I've never had a problem with it. And then, and then you know the next thing you know, you're on the mountain, you're falling off of it. The the problem with the no problem with it is is it hasn't been tested. So you want a document that is built by professionals who have a lot of experience in specifically inside of your industry. Uh, that That's the first thing. So say you borrow a document from someone else or you borrow a handbook from someone else. And, of course, you go through it and you're thinking, well, here's some things that I'd like to put in. First of all, um, I'm, I'm happy to see that there's a policy in here that says that all matters of the practice – are confidential. That's good. I'm glad I see that. And you look down and you say, well, I, I have another paragraph here, but I also want to add in that um, and underneath these things that employees can't do, I'm going to add in that they can't discuss their salaries. And I'm going to say that we have a no gossiping policy. Um, and then I'm going to say down in this policy down here that the doctor, nobody can make disparaging remarks about the doctor on Facebook or, you know, and, and about myself in any way, shape, or form. Those all sound like very reasonable policies, but the problem with them is, is that all of them are illegal. I mean, highly illegal. I mean, like I said before, a gift. And that's just five or six examples. All of those policies violate a couple of federal laws and in, in most states a couple of state laws so when i look at that handbook and i said before this thing is here to protect you it's your shield it should do no damage you should be able to say when something comes up and an employee 
uh, or an employee's attorney says, I want to see your handbook, you should be proud and, 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 and not scared at all to say, here, here's my handbook. Because it's kind of like your castle walls. It's saying, look, I'm kind of impenetrable. I have not made the mistakes that you're looking for. And in fact, I don't know what your clients told you. You know, your contingency fee client has told you you're, you know, the doctor's ex-employee. Um, but I documented everything. We let this person go for a reason, and we stated what that reason was. And that reason is not illegal, so the case that you're going to make is going to have to get past that. Well, that's when the other side comes back and says, you know, they go to their client and say, well, you know, I didn't know that you had signed all these corrective actions acknowledging that they had been talking to you about being late, and I see here they had a problem here, and they've got a lot of documentation. I could pursue this. But what I'm going to want or what I'm going to need is a $10,000 retainer from you because this is not going to be easy. And, of course, that's what you want. You want the other side to have to do all the work, and you want to be somewhat impenetrable because your policies are right and your processes are right. And, and so that book that you talk about where you borrow it from someone else or you write it yourself or you take something and you download it and you add stuff to it, we call that the $120,000 handbook. A, because you spend probably $10,000, $15,000 worth of your own personal time trying to figure this thing out. And then B, when it goes into uh, – when it is called on to do what it's supposed to do, which is protect you and give you a uh, grounding and a basis for managing your employees, you're following your handbook, and it's actually going to cost you uh, uh, – I, I mean, I'm just going to be light on this. I don't think anybody out there will challenge me. It's going to cost you $30,000 in your own legal fees if you want to fight it. It's going to cost you another $30,000 as you pay the other side's legal fees, which is part of the game. And then in the middle, I promise you, there's going to be some kind of settlement because that's how things work. And so when you add all that up, you're looking at about a $120,000 handbook. Contrast that with you've got great policy and great procedures in place. And, and so I, I, I've never had one, and I'll make this offer to anyone out there. If you've self-made your handbook, if you've put your hands on it, and you or people on your, on your, on your team have been changing it, if you send it to me, if I can't find a fatal flaw in it, $500 to your favorite charity. I'm not kidding. I, I, I will. You can say, Paul, I got you. Here's the best handbook ever. I made it myself. We spent a lot of time on this, and um, it, it'll take it'll take me about uh, five minutes. <laughs> so I just okay. want to make that up. Wow. Well, that's a challenge. That we we need to yeah. put that challenge out to any physician listening in to make sure they send in their employee handbook for you to yeah. to review. Um, you yep. know, tell me now, are there any other documents that, you know, the practice has um, or should have that should be reviewed, you know, by an expert at CEDA? Um, Absolutely. Your job descriptions, um, in, in, um, in your state, you are required to uh, deliver a hiring letter. Um, you want to make, we would make sure that that's taken care of and that you're giving the right hiring letter and information to your employees. Um your job descriptions and really all the forms that go along with uh, your, you know, applications. Um, I can't go down the list. You know, everybody knows there's that long list of forms you have to have. It, it, 
all of that stuff needs to be reviewed because believe it or not, those job descriptions can be key. And if they're in place, they can really help a practice out when, especially if a person gets injured or they have to take time away uh, to have some kind of surgery. So yes, there's a full set of documents that go along with every uh, employee handbook. And then California, and I know most of your clients are in California. Um, in California, there are even more. You know, there's, there are a lot more things that you have to comply with. You now have to pass out a, a specific kind of pamphlet from the state regarding uh, um, the EEOC. Um, that just came into effect a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and I could keep going, 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 going. So, yes, yeah. it's, a handbook is not enough. You have to have everything that goes with it. Yeah. So are there any tips, you know, that you can kind of offer to our listeners on just, you know, bullet point things that they just can't forget about? They just have to implement if they haven't already. Okay. So if you're just in general, and I'm just talking about managing people, which is really getting people who want to do the thing that you want them to do, to do it in a way that, that, that fulfills them and in a way that helps your practice. So a lot of people don't take the time to give constant feedback, and when they do, it's negative, and they fail to give positive feedback. So uh, the first little ditty, and I'll make it very quick, if you're trying to get someone to be on time and they've got a story about their kids and there's traffic and you're like, wow, you didn't know there was going to be traffic today, like there was every day here in our, t- in our city, and they finally start coming in on time, you've got to go in and say, I know how hard it was for you to flip on this, and I am so glad that you're getting here on time. So feedback needs to be constant, and uh, when something's wrong, it needs to be immediate, and when it's corrected, it needs to be immediate. Immediate. Don't save it for the air quote uh, evaluation for the yearly evaluation. So with that in mind, you want to always clarify your expectations so people know what it is that you want them to do. Um, you want to listen and learn. And when I say listen, I mean listen to what's going on in your practice. There's a great book by Liz Wiseman called Multipliers. And I would highly recommend you, you give that book a read. Um, it'll help you with the listening. On the learning side, as an owner, as an owner-manager, or even as an owner-manager of your manager, you always want to be learning. You always want to be learning about HR in, in some capacity because really your interaction with your employees is what's going to uh, make the difference as far as leadership goes. Um, I like team culture. The way you create good teams is by having great individuals. I just want to make that clear. Um, It's about who is on your team, and then they will coalesce. If you give them a common cause and set expectations and goals and communicate well, great people will, will attract to one another. People who are right fit for your culture, who are right fit for what it is that they do, you know, for you are going to coalesce as a team. You can't make people be a team. Um, it's hard to coach, uh, 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 you know, people to be a team. They, they kind of have to make a decision on their own. Um, I like centralized leadership, um, you know, take it to the office manager, and if that can't get resolved that way, uh, come, you know, it can come up to me. Uh, the, but don't, do not undermine your managers. Uh, you know, it, the, the world is fraught with stories of doctors reversing managers and rehiring somebody. Um, I, I talk about this. You hear this a lot. You should empower your employees. Well, 
learn what that means. And it's really you should power up your employees. You should make it so that they understand what their job is and that you can let go of how it gets done and start focusing on what it is that you wanted to get done. And as long as they get it done and they and they do a great job, let them do it their own way. They don't have to do everything your way. Um, lead by example. If you've got a rule or you want to say, people, let's stay off these cell phones except for when you're on break or a patient's site or something like that, then I would suggest that at least for the uh, most part, you follow your own rule. Even though you know you're the boss, it's it, it really, this is one of those things: is do as I do. Um, yeah. Other no, as I say, yeah. as with the rule of the past. <laughs> I think, you know. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, make sure your pay is good. A uh, big mistake a lot of people make is trying to get people as cheap as they can, and then they have this mentality saying, well, if they prove themselves, I'll give them a raise and pay them what they're worth. Well, what what you end up doing in those cases is you end up missing out on the people who will come through the door as a game changer. So if you're coming, if I'm a game changer and I'm willing to work for your, you know, I'm willing to work for, say, $22 an hour or $18 an hour, and you want me to work for 15 in order to build my way up to that, well, the fact is, is the reason why I'm great at what it is you want me to do as an employee is because I already have that experience. I've already proven myself. I would rather you gamble on me at $20 an hour and fire me 30 days later because I can't do it than to sit there and try and figure out how I'm going to get up to the wage that is a living wage and the wage that I've been wanting to earn. So always think about when you're hiring, hire game changers, and we can teach you how to think about not the negatives that happened with the last employee, but the positives that you're looking for and frame your job ads and your whole process towards uh, getting great people working for you. And then finally, educate and train. Just I'll leave it at that. Everybody knows what that means. Engage, engage in the HR conversation um, and, and keep people engaged. And that takes training. Even in my position as a co-founder and CEO of this company, I still take CEO training, and a lot of that has to do with HR, believe it or not as I look to those who have been even more successful than I am with uh, with employees. Paul, you know, I mean, there's, I think there's so many facets to how CEDA can help a physician within a medical practice, and um, I would mm-hmm. love to have you back on the show, and perhaps we can select a, a topic that, you know, is, is very much in the forefront of a problem area. Um, but in the meantime, for our listeners that would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Is there a website? Is there a telephone number? How, how can they get in touch with your firm? Well, I, they can get in touch with us. They can go to Cedar Solutions. So that's C-E-D-R Solutions with an S on the end. Go to cedarsolutions.com. You'll find our website. You'll find ways to get in touch. If you would like to speak to me personally, like you have a question or I brought up something, or you just want to say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about uh, getting a handbook, or, or I'd like to talk to you about something you you mentioned in the radio show, you can send a personal email to me. Just send it to Paul at cedarsolutions.com. It'll come straight to me, and I'll uh, I'll be happy to reply to you. Um, you know, those are the best ways to get in touch, and then I'll give you our uh, our phone number. Um, it's 602-476-1418. And for anybody who's listening out there because they're listening to your show, if you've got an ongoing issue or you have something that's kind of right there on the precipice or something you've been dealing with and you need a little bit of help, then you get a, you get what we call the get-out-of-jail-free card. So call us, 
I'll put an expert on the phone with you. You'll talk it through. We'll treat you just like you're a member. We'll help you get through that issue. No obligations. It's just a way for us to show our commitment to to you guys um, and, and say thank you. And, uh, yeah, there's that. And then, Angela, can I, I'd like to offer everybody out there, um, you could also send me your employee handbook, and I'll evaluate it. I'll have it. I'll go through it, and I'll I'll get back to you and set an appointment, and I'll tell you exactly what's good about your book and what might be problematic. It'll be a very upfront, uh, you know, clear conversation with us, an opportunity for you to learn a little bit more about HR. Well, Paul, that is such a great offer, and it's such um, one that I'm sure will be very, very well received on the part of the physicians. Um, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today, and just thank you. Thank you so much for all of your expert advice, and um, I'd love to have you back on the show again at some point in the future and uh, talk more about the Cedar Solutions offerings. So thanks, Paul, for being and on the I, show. Yep, thank you very much. I love what you guys are doing. I appreciate the invitation. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. We'll be we'll be into it shortly. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.